This is On The Story. I'm News 10 ABC's Trishna Begum. Every night, I get to tell people stories, but there's always more. I wish I could fit into every piece. That's where this podcast comes in. Each week, we'll dive into a topic with the newsmakers, experts, and the people who can tell the story the best. Hey again, Trishna here with episode 22. Consider this a bonus episode for the weekend. I wanted to put this out there because we did have a lot of content and reaction to the governor's resignation announcement was pouring in over this past week. Um, On Tuesday, when we all went into work early because of the bombshell announcement. I did two interviews just hours after the governor said that he would be stepping down in two weeks time. So that's going to put us at August 24th. Um, So when that came down, I tracked down the chairman for both parties in the state. That's Nick Langworthy for the Republican Party and Jay Jacobs for the Democratic Party. Uh, We wanted to get their reaction, obviously, to all of this big news. We aired some portions of the interview, but in this podcast, you'll hear the interview in its entirety. They're pretty short interviews, actually, because we knew they were in a rush. We were all in a rush to get this to air, so it will be a fairly short podcast. But I do want to tell you about some new developments from this past Friday. Uh, The Assembly Speaker, Carl Hastie, came out on Friday afternoon and announced that the Judiciary Committee is actually ending their impeachment investigation into Governor Cuomo. The committee was advised by their lawyers that the New York State Constitution does not allow for the impeachment of an elected official who has already left office. Hasty did say that the committee's work over the last several months uncovered credible evidence in relation to allegations that were made against Cuomo. That evidence will now be turned over to other agencies. So as I mentioned, I interviewed Jay Jacobs, the Democratic Party chair, and Nick Langworthy, the Republican Party chair, on Tuesday. So you're going to hear their reaction, some thoughts on what's next for their parties, especially regarding who they think will run in next year's election for the governor's seat. Here in New York, there will be a gubernatorial election next November, so things could get pretty interesting around here. You'll also hear their thoughts on what whether the impeachment should continue, which we now know will not move forward within the assembly, but they do state their case as to why they think it should move forward or not move forward and what it means for New Yorkers. So you're going to hear from Jay Jacobs first, followed by Nick Langworthy. Here we go. Hi, Jay. How are you? Good, good. I'm all set. So if you're ready to go, we can do this. Ready to go. All right. So give me your initial reaction to the governor's resignation announcement this afternoon. I think the governor did the right thing today. I I know uh, many of us have been uh, telling him that he needed to resign. Uh, I'm glad that he decided to do that. I think it saves the uh, people of the state of New York a long, unnecessary ordeal. And at the same time, I find it sad because I know uh, Andrew Cuomo. I've known him for a long time. Uh, This job was everything uh, to him. And now he's had to relinquish it. And that's got to be painful. So on a human level, you know, you could feel badly as well. And I do. Where does the Democratic Party in New York go from here? Well, the Democratic Party in New York is very strong. You remember, we have a greater than two to one enrollment advantage over the Republicans, and we keep getting stronger and stronger in that regard. Uh, we can't be arrogant about it. We have to make sure that we reach out and listen to all uh, uh, constituencies in, in the state, including Republicans, frankly. Uh, but I, I, you know, with Kathy Hochul, uh, the lieutenant governor, becoming the governor, we've got a great opportunity here. She is extraordinarily likable. 
Uh, she's uh, more than competent. She'll be an excellent um, governor of the state of New York. She's been to all 62 counties. She knows political leaders from one end of the state to the other. She's respected by members of the legislature, both in leadership and rank and file. Um, she's got a, a great vision, I think, that she'll be presenting to the state. People will like her. And whether you're downstate and may not know too much about her right now, uh, once she becomes the governor, you get to be well-known very, very quickly. And when people see her, they're going to like her. A lot of people are still looking ahead to next summer, the primaries. We have a gubernatorial election coming up. Uh, who might the key players be at this point? Well, Kathy Hochul most certainly, I think, uh, will choose to run for election. She hasn't told me that. I would be surprised. I know her very, very a uh, very long time and very well, I'd be surprised if she decided not to do that. So she certainly would have to be one of the one of the key favorites. Uh, that doesn't mean there won't be other qualified and uh, quality candidates. Fortunately uh, for the Democratic Party in New York State, we have a very, very deep bench of very talented people. And so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a challenge uh, from one, one person or another. Could we see Letitia James' name in that uh, group? Well, certainly, you know, she, she's someone who's got a tremendous ability and, uh, uh, you know, may have an interest in doing it. Uh, and, and so we, we just have to wait and see. Really quick, I know you got to go because you have a busy day. You were also around during the Patterson era. Couldn't help but think, obviously, this resignation announcement came as a surprise to perhaps a lot of us. What, were there any talks of perhaps the governor coming to some sort of a deal to finally make this resignation happen or what made him finally step down? Was, was there any sort of talks beforehand? Well, you know, you mentioned Patterson. You know, the irony for me is that I was the person who as state chair back then uh, had to go in and tell Governor Patterson, who was a friend of mine, that uh, he shouldn't run again. And he decided on that to do that the very next day he announced it. So, you know, having had the, having had the occasion last week to tell Governor Cuomo the same thing, it, it was, you know, certainly an unusual feeling. Um, you know, I, I don't think that any deal like the one that you mentioned would have been floated and would have succeeded. It was too far down the road. You know, as I said to people, this ship is completely underwater. So trying to salvage it is just not possible no matter what you do. Uh, it was sunk. And, and unfortunately, that's the way it turned out. Jay, thank you for your time. Anything else to add in the midst of all of this? No, I just think that I hope that people, you know, step back in time and look at this as a dark chapter in Andrew Cuomo's uh, public service, uh, perhaps, but not the, uh, the whole story. When the book is written, there are a lot more very positive great chapters. He did a lot of good for the state and the people of New York. And, and I hope in time that gets balanced out and somewhat appreciated. Will this be the end in terms of, I mean, he's got multiple scandals that he's dealing with right now from the nursing home, the book deal. What else does the assembly now have to take up in terms of all of that? Well, you know, again, I hope that we get to move forward um, and, and um, get beyond this. I think the quicker we do that, the quicker we can get to the real problems of the people of the state of New York that need resolution. And there are people who are hurting. There are people who need help. There are businesses that need help. And of course, we've got COVID still around. So there's a lot to do. And my, my suggestion to everybody is let's, let's look forward, let's move forward, and let's get this state back, back together again, uh, head in the right direction. Thank you so much, Jay. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. And now we hear from Nick Lingworthy, the Republican Party chair. Crazy day, I bet. That it is. All right, Nick, let's start with your initial reaction to the resignation announcement that the governor made a short while ago. 
Well, I, I mean, I'm surprised he's finally come to this conclusion. I did not think that this governor was capable of actually uttering the words, my resignation. The governor is a very uh, megalomaniacal figure that you know, believes that he is the government. So him uh, letting go of power shows that he truly saw no avenue forward that didn't end in his prosecution. So uh, he was going to be removed from office. He realized that he had no avenues to go. And, and even, you know, in a strange resignation message, he, he tried to, you know, congratulate himself on a job well done, which it was a very much theater of the absurd as far as I'm concerned. Any reaction to uh, moments before the governor made that announcement, his personal attorney, Rita Glavin, uh, was also up there defending him through these allegations, uh, laying out the process of what was next for the governor's office. And this was before we knew that he was going to make that announcement. Any reaction to that part of the day? Well, I mean, it makes you want to psychoanalyze the governor more. It's almost like he wanted to set the record straight with his point of view from the legal challenges of the sexual harassment allegations before he came to the ultimate uh, decision to leave office. Uh, but the end result, whether you know he's innocent or guilty of these in, in his eyes is he has to leave office. He has no support. You know, uh, even the Democratic leadership has abandoned him at this point. Uh, he, he cannot govern the state. And, and he came to that conclusion that he had no way forward. So, you know, this is not a governor that had options. This was not a magnanimous gesture uh, by this governor to do the right thing, as he claimed. This, this was someone that was in deep trouble. Uh, and, and the sexual harassment allegations only scratched the surface. I mean, I think we need the assembly to continue on their impeachment and inquiry and investigation because the state, the taxpayers have already paid the bill. So, you know, we deserve to know what the full findings are because we remember we have the nursing home victims that seek justice, that deserve justice for the 15,000 New York seniors that died and, and their deaths, you know, and were underreported and covered up. Uh, uh, based on obstruction of justice by this administration. You know, there are other things like the governor's use of personal, uh, you know, for personal gain, the state resources to write that book. I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered here. And what I think is most important is that we need to know which administration officials, many of which will probably carry forward duties in, in uh, the, the next, you know, governor's uh, term of office, you know, what was their responsibility in these 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 scandals and potential crimes? You know, who knew what and when did they know it? What what are your thoughts of working with Kathy Hochul? The governor said in two weeks this will all take effect and she will effectively take over. Well, I, I've known Kathy Hochul for many years. I know her more than uh, than most people in New York state politics because we share a common hometown. So, you know, I, I would say she's a very worthy adversary. She's a very effective retail campaign figure and Democrats around the state that want to underestimate her because she's happens to be from, you know, Buffalo rather than, you know, downstate. They, they ought to be careful before they underestimate her. But I think Kathy uh, has a lot of questions to answer as to what her role and responsibility uh, these last few years have been. And what does she know about uh, what has gone on in this administration, whether it be the nursing home scandals, the COVID response, uh, all the decisions that have been made. Um, and, you know, Kathy 
you know, when, when she's in, in our collective hometown of Buffalo, we have to hear how powerful Kathy is and how she serves hand in hand with Governor Cuomo getting things done for, for New Yorkers. But around the rest of the state, uh, she she tries to draw distance and and that really i they those two stories don't jive they don't they have to be justified has she been a goodwill ambassador has she been a mascot for this administration or has she been in the room where decisions are made and if she hasn't been maybe she's not as prepared as she'd like people to think she is let's talk a little bit about the republican party uh there is a moment here where it seems like the party can really seize upon the moment what is next for the Republican Party in New York State and looking ahead even to next year with an election coming up, a gubernatorial election, who are the key players going to be? Well, nothing has changed. I mean, we started our process early. Uh, we are uh, full steam ahead, pedal to the metal. I mean, we have a presumed nominee of our party, and that's Lee Zeldin, uh, who has just zigzagged this state and traveled to all corners, all 62 counties. Someone who has uh, gone and in, in, in is introducing himself across the state and earned the support of many in our party. Um, you know, that process, you know, doesn't get to be done. Uh, you know, to a conclusion until next winter by the election law. But Lee is well on his way. He's raised the most funds uh, that any Republican running for statewide office has raised in over 20 years. I mean, he has really built real, honest, solid momentum in a race to cleanse the Cuomo stain off of New York state's government. And uh, that's what people are looking for. And, and he's going to be carrying a message that people of all party affiliations can buy into, you know, restoration of the rule of law you know, uh, respect for law enforcement, you know, a state that we can once again afford to live in and keep our families together in, you know, a, a state that businesses want to locate to, not because they get paid off by Andrew Cuomo's crooked regime, but because it's a good place to do business and we have the greatest workforce in the world. Those are the things that Lee Zeldin aspires to bring to New York. And that's what you're going to be hearing a lot more from, from the Republican Party in these next 18 months. On that same topic, let me just ask you this before I let you go. Does the governor stepping down his resignation change any approach in how the party tries to capture more voters? Perhaps voters who had voted for Governor Cuomo and have seen multiple scandals from the nursing home to the book deal to the sexual harassment allegations. Will there be a change in strategy at all? Well, I, I think it's a it's a total look. You know, they're they're sick and tired of the abusive powers of the Cuomo administration, but they're also sick and tired of the extreme leftward lurch of the Democratic Party in total Democratic control of New York. We're a blue state. I have no um, illusions that we're going to accomplish some vast right wing agenda. This is about restoring common sense to New York state government. That's what Lee Zeldin's been campaigning on. That's what our campaign candidates for local office are campaigning on this year and our candidates for the state legislature and the Congress will be doing next year. We have to work to unite people of all party affiliations to press reset on New York, to get us to a place where people can be comfortable living in the state again and don't have eyes on the future in leaving. That's the problem is the concept of leaving New York is at the forefront of far too many New Yorkers uh, lives right now. We need to change that. We need people to be proud to be from this state again. Who, who do you think in your eyes, who do the Democrats have right now in their back pocket? I think that this is this is going to be civil war within the Democratic Party. Uh, you have Kathy Hochul, who is, is uh, represents a, a more moderate look than, say, Letitia James, who I think, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with the governor that she has real 
political motivation for launching the investigation in the manner in which she did. Uh, not saying that her conclusions are, are false, uh, but she certainly is, is highly motivated by politics. And, and they always say AG stands for aspiring governor. So, you know, she's, so, she's one to watch, perhaps even AOC. You know, there will be others. Uh, Steve Ballone, the Suffolk County executive, he's been he's been someone that uh, others have uh, suggested could be running for governor as a Democrat. I don't rule out Laura Curran, the Nassau County executive. Jay Jacobs, my counterpart, that's his uh, county executive in his home county. Uh, there are many that uh, could be making the run. I think there will be many candidates for governor and some that we wouldn't even think of at this point. Names that we will watch for. Absolutely. All right, Nick, thank you so much for your time on a very busy day. I very much appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much. If you made it this far, thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode. If you'd like more coverage on the transition of power from Cuomo to Hochul, you can head over to news10.com. I'll have a new episode out later this week. No politics in that one. I hope you guys all have a fantastic week ahead, and I'll talk to you soon.